0: Chris Carter from DK Pittsburgh Sports. He's their football analyst, but he also is their uh, Pitt basketball beat reporter. And um you know, I mean Pitt actually in general beat reporter and Chris, I mean uh I guess you know we can start with the with the NFL because of that music. Um I I'm of I'm of the opinion Chris that uh Carson Wentz We'll find a second wind in, in, in Indianapolis and be a good player for them. Yeah, Paul, I agree. I, I think Indianapolis is the perfect fit for Harrison Wentz right now, particularly
1: because, Paul, when you look at the Colts, they got a lot going for them. They have a running game. They have an offensive line. They have a running back. They can probably assign, and they have a ton of cap space. Even after his contract, They have, like, $45 million in cap space that they can go get a top-line receiver. In fact, I honestly think, Paul, Steelers fans, all they're talking about right now is signing J.J. Watt and Juju Smith-Schuster. Both of those guys could could end up in Indianapolis. I'm telling you right now because the money that they have, J.J. Watt, it just makes sense. He gets to play on a competitive defense with – uh, with, with, with a ton of guys, Darius Leonard is the leader of that group, but they got a ton of guys up front that are playing great, um, and he knows that he'll be they will be a contender. They were just in the playoffs, and he can stick it to the Texans twice twice a year. Um, and then at the same time, Juju, you'll get a franchise quarterback that you can still work with. You'll get a team that could be a contender, and they can pay both of those guys the money because uh, before Carson Wentz even signed up, they had like seventy million dollars in cap space. So I guess they got fifty five million now now or so. Uh, with, uh, um, with, with Carson Wentz on the roster. So I, I think it works very well for Carson Wentz because now he has all, this, all these other things that are coming his way. And, again, a, a ground game and some consistency that was kind of not there for Indianapolis because, again, it was revealed by Adam Schefter. Doug Peterson wasn't even talking to him, Paul, and I don't care what anybody says. You need chemistry between your head coach and your, and your franchise quarterback.
0: Well, yes, and I, like I said, I think it's a perfect spot for him because he has an opportunity, I think, to revive his career or whatever you want to call it. I think, it's, you know, I think he's actually a good player. I mean, we're, you, know, we, we, we're, you know, we've seen some other guys. The other guy I wanted to ask you about, Chris, because I'm sure you've watched film on him, is Sam Darnold a guy that has a chance to be a good quarterback in the right situation?
1: He has a chance, Paul. He has a chance. And he has the tools. My question is, has he already been ruined too much by the Jets? And I know that that's, that sounds very non-analytic right now, but I've got to say I've seen some good quarterbacks get ruined in some bad situations over my years. And just Sam Darnold projected as a guy who needed to be in a system that worked for him and needed to be on a team that could win. And for the past years of his, of his, of his time in the NFL, he hasn't been in that with the Jets. Um, And it's just—I think it's a further reminder that not—I don't care if you draft if you trade up to the first overall pick in the draft, you're not guaranteed a great quarterback. Field Yates tweeted out earlier this week that with the trade of Carson Wentz to the Indianapolis Colts, Paul, there is no quarterback who was drafted in the first round between 2009 and 2016 who is now still with the same team that drafted them. Think about that, Paul. That's teams who either drafted, traded up to draft them, spent serious capital, could have spent that on a lineman, on a pass rusher, on a running back, on a wide receiver, on a safety, and they went and got these quarterbacks and none of them have worked out for their team. That is how tough it is to find your franchise quarterback. Even when you think, even when you, think you got one, like Carson Wentz or Jared Goff or Matt Stafford, it might not work out for you. So I, I, I really think here, Paul, there's, there's still a lot on the table, and, and we might not have seen the best of Carson Wentz just yet, and we might not have seen the best of Sam Darnold just yet, but it just shows you shouldn't sell yourself out for a guy unless you absolutely know and you've done your research and you're ready to bet the farm on that guy.
0: Well, exactly. I mean, I think that, that that's actually an incredible stat. If you think about it, 2009 and 2016, all of those guys should be hitting their stride in their career, just yeah. about. Or you know, um, and and I'm trying to even think like, who is? Uh, did he have a list of all the guys? Like who would be the best guy out of that? Was there a really good player that, you know, ended up moving well, I mean, to a different team? We think think well, Matt Stafford would be one of them
1: because I think he was drafted in 2009. But but you look back at some of the years, you know, Jared Goff and Carson Wentz, they were one and two. Jared Goff was the first overall pick of the draft. Carson Wentz was the second overall pick of the draft. And this is the second time this has happened during that span. Remember, Jameis Winston and Marcus Mariota came out in the same year, and they were one and two. And in both those situations, they're not on the same team. They're not even starters anymore. Marcus Mariota's a backup for the Raiders looking for a new home on on another team. Jameis Winston doesn't know if he's going to be a Saint next year or if he's going to be on another roster. That's how crazy this situation is. And it's, it's fascinating to me how people are just like, yeah, just trade up and get, a, get, get Trey Lance with your 10th overall pick and give up, you know, a second and a third round to get him. You don't know if he's going to work out because you're reaching for him. But you do know that if, you know, if he falls to you, that's a different situation. But if you trade up to get him, unless you know, unless you know that that guy is Ben Loftusberger, is Drew Brees, is Peyton Manning. They, you're, you're, you're putting yourself in a position where you could set yourself back several years. And look at, look at the Eagles right now. Look at the Eagles. They, got, they, are, they are worse than the Steelers in salary cap situation. I think they have the second worst salary cap situation behind the Saints. And now they don't have the franchise quarterback. They're eating a huge part of his salary because they signed him to a huge deal. And now they still got to – they just cut Deshaun Jackson. They still got to cut like three or four more guys and restructure guys before they can get under the cap and then look at, okay, can we just build off of Jalen Hurts? It's, it's going to take them years to recover from this.
0: Is Jalen Hurts, in your mind, good enough to be a starting legitimate quarterback in the NFL? I think he is, but I think he needs a system around him. I think he's a lot like Sam
1: Donald in the sense that if you put him in the right team, if you give him a good offensive line, maybe a ground game with, with one or two weapons, he could he could be a part of a really good team. But Jalen Hurts is not Patrick Mahomes. He's not going to create everything by himself. He's not even Lamar Jackson. who's a great thing, everything by himself on his leg. But Jalen Hurts is a competitor. He's a guy I'd want on my team if I had built around him the proper way. Um, some teams need the quarterback to be the guy that pushes them over. Um, you know, that, that's who the Chiefs are right now. Without Patrick Mahomes, the Chiefs are in a mediocre to bad team. Uh, but a team like the Steelers, when Ben Roethlisberger was winning the Super Bowl, Ben Roethlisberger wasn't immaculate in those years. He was good. He was a good, young, tough quarterback who can gut out some certain situations. He could win situationally. But he wasn't ever the best quarterback in the league. He wasn't even top three. There'd be some years you could say maybe he was top five. But that's where you have to look at the quarterback situation with with Jalen Hurts. You're not asking him, hey, we don't need you to be a top five quarterback. Just don't turn the ball over. Make plays in situations and make plays off a defense. The problem, though, is the, the, the Eagles are going to have to break up a lot of things to make their salary cap work very soon, and I think that's going to make it hard for Jalen Hurts.
0: That is true. I mean, if you're a young guy and you get in the in a wrong situation, it could be the end of your career, uh, or you know whatever. We've seen that happen a number of times with talented quarterbacks, and and so we'll just have to see how it all plays out. I, I mean, um, do, do you look at at this, a guy like Deshaun Watson, and you know, and the Texans don't want to trade him, but I've read a lot of different things. If you put the, a guy, if you put Deshaun Watson on, for instance, the Broncos, does that make them a completely different team and, and, and maybe even a team that challenges for the AFC title?
1: I think they still need a few more pieces. Um, I know they gave up Chris Harris. I think he's got, he, went, he went to the Charter or something like that. Um, they got Noah Fant. They got a few guys in their roster that you could work with. They would still need – the. and, again, the problem is when you're trading for a quarterback like that, you better have the roster around them, even with Deshaun Watson, even with Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes wouldn't be in the Super Bowl if he didn't have Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey and the offensive line that he had and Tyron Matthew on defense that create, creating problems for him. Like, they would still have a lot of problems if they didn't build around Patrick Mahomes. No one quarterback just takes everyone to anything. Even Tom Brady, who people say is the GOAT. You know, he needed a great defense like Tampa Bay to carry him the, carry through the playoffs. He needed a ground game to balance off his offense. He needed three guys who you can legitimately say are very good to great wide receivers, Antonio Brown, Mike Evans, and, uh, and Chris Godwin, all of whom who were huge parts to that offense, to win a Super Bowl this year. It's, it's not as simple as just draft a quarterback and, and you're fine. Um, so, so you're right to think that, Paul. You need to build around a guy. Because here's the thing, if, if Deshaun Watson goes to the Broncos, sure, they got other guys you can look at and be excited about, They weren't just a quarterback away from winning. And any team who trades for Deshaun Watson, you're giving up multiple first-round picks, maybe a great player on top of that, and then some middle-round picks. So you're giving up the opportunity to continue to build your team. If you're trading that much, you're saying we can win right now with a quarterback. And it is very rare that you run into a team like that who has everything except a quarterback Going in their favor, and I think the Buccaneers—they were that because they went and got Tom Brady. Now, granted, he brought several pieces with him because then all of a sudden, LeGarrette Blunt, Antonio Brown, Rob Gronkowski—all those guys wanted to play with him. But you know, again, that's rarefied air when you find a team that's that ready across the board.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, switching gears real quick, Chris. I mean, to your other, uh, to your other thing, uh, the other team that you cover right now, Pitt. Um, it's been a tough stretch for them and uh, you know, their defense has fallen apart. I mean, is, is John Hoogley, Hugley mean this much to this team that they've fallen apart without him? It's not just John Hoogley. Um, and,
1: and, and, you know, I don't think his situation is as bad as some people think, uh, you know, I've seen as a guy who's studied law, um, I, I, he can, he can plead out of that, get a misdemeanor and be back next year if not for pit for somebody else. But, uh, but the bottom line for Pitt right now is here, Paul. They got to get back to doing what they were doing earlier in the season, and that's hustling, that's being, that's communicating on defense. The stuff that Jeff Capel has been preaching all all year long. Um, and he's, I, 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 said it when they were winning. People were asked, "Well, what's the winning formula that has them playing better than last year?" The winning formula was they were playing better defense, they were hustling, and they were rebounding. They weren't a better shooting squad. So they didn't have better pure scores. They had better. They they outworked their opponents, and to be honest, Paul, uh, now I'm just a kid when I'm saying when I'm basing off my memory up here. That's what made Ben Hallen's team so special in the early 2000s. Brandon Knight wasn't the best shooter. Julius Page wasn't the best shooter. Donna could hit three or two, but uh, Ontario led Siobhan Troutman. Some of the guys you remember those teams. They were just hustlers. They outworked you. They outdefended you. They took if you made a mistake, they capitalized on it. And that's what this team has to be until they can prove to some of the bigger names in the country, hey, you want to come to pit because we have this attitude and because we fight this way. And then you'll start to get those super talents, and then you can say, okay, not only do we have this great defense, not only do we have these guys who rebound well and who, who outwork their opponents, even though they're undersized or they may not have the five-star 24-7 uh, re- review, but now on top of that, you've got a guy who can, who can hit a three on, on his own, a guy got, who can create his own shot in and out, and it doesn't have the sort of backlash that Xavier Johnson has had, where Xavier Johnson can create his own shot. He can hit, you know, he can go behind the back and hit a great layup, but he also gives you technical fouls that no matter how many times Jeff Capel tells him not to, he's still committing, and, and that's where you have to get as a program, but to get there, you've got to build consistency, and I think Jeff Capel is, has, has taken them a long way from where Kevin Stallings was. In this year alone, he has won more ACC games than Kevin Stallings did in his entire career with Pitt. I know it doesn't take a lot of work, but it takes work to get your program out of that crater. I want to see I, – I, a lot of people are saying, like, oh, man, I don't know if Jeff Cable's the guy. Give him more time to work with his guys. They only had four returning players this year, Paul. Four. You can't establish a program and set a tone for guys for, – for those young guys that come in and are new and are, and are learning how to play basketball and college basketball when you've got only four guys who can set that tone with you. I think they, they need more time, and it's just – it's a realistic problem that I'm sure Pit fans are just – too impatient to feel right now because they want to get back to the Jamie Dixon and Ben Hallen
0: days. Are you a little bit um, uh, nervous though for him that he doesn't have anybody recruited yet? Doesn't have anyone coming in this year? I, I'm a little, but I do think it's also part of that Paul is because
1: they have so many young guys. I mean, they brought in a huge freshman class this year. Now, granted a lot of those guys ain't showing up yet. You know, you're mainly just seeing Sammy Otacali, but you know, when Trey McGowan's left, they went and got William Jefferson. William Jefferson is 17 years old. But the other thing to remember is that all these guys, this year doesn't count against them if they don't want it to. They can be a freshman this year and be a freshman next year because of the eligibility waiver. So by saying all that, I, I think that there's there's definitely a challenge here that he needs to, that Jeff Capel of course, we're talking about here, needs to find some of these young guys who will step up and, and be that guy for him. Uh, but, I, I still think that there's time to go get those guys because some of those guys they got last year, like William Jeffers they got him in the spring, and he was a guy that a lot of people sought after because of how, looked, how, how he looked so ready so young, um, there's, and there's still five-star guys that, are, that, are, that are still aren't signed somewhere or committed somewhere, so um, I, I'm not all too worried yet, especially because they only have a few scholarship slots available. Uh, but I do think that it needs to be a major point of concern for the program going into next year because they need a big man and they need a pure scorer, if they or even just a pure shooter, a sniper. If they can get a, a a sniper and a big man who can start for you, not just not come off the bench, not be cool with Bali, but they need a legit a legit big man that's going to put this, the Panthers in a much better situation next year.
0: Chris, uh, I appreciate you taking some time and and breaking it all down. Great stuff, as always. And uh, hopefully you have a really good weekend, my man. Thanks, Paul. You too. And and I want to point something else out to
1: people. Justin Champagne did say today on Pit Me Availability that he was looking forward to playing his twin brother next year, who plays for St. John's. And I don't know about you, Paul, but a lot of people have been talking about how this, this young man, who's looking like the ACC Player of the Year, might go to the NBA draft. Maybe he's fooling us. Maybe he's smarter than, than people give him credit for, for being a sophomore in college. But that sure sounds like a guy who might be back next year. And if Champagne's back next year, that does help Jeff Capel build for the future.
0: There's no question. That's great. That's actually a great point. And uh, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Thanks, Paul. All right. Chris Carter, DK Pittsburgh Sports. I'm Paul Zeiss. It's 93.7 The Fan.